broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And good morning, Las Vegas. Good morning, everyone listening. Great to have you here this Wednesday. I wasn't sure I was going to make it in this morning. I uh, I just had one of those mornings, you know, where you're, you're, you're borderline gonna be a few minutes late but not quite there yet and then you know you can't find your shoes anywhere and so now you're you're basically a few minutes late but it's only a few minutes late and then you realize as you're about to walk out the door now that you found your shoes that your shirt really needs to be ironed and so you're like oh my goodness and so you pull the iron out and you iron the shirt real quick and then you throw it on and you run out to the car open the garage door, back the car out, and then, you know, I always sit in my driveway and and I wait for the garage door to go down. Just, to, you know, it's just habit. You know, make sure that my house is actually secure before I leave. So, I, you know, I hit the garage door button. I sit there. I look at my phone because I know about how long it takes for the garage door to, to go down. And I look up from my phone and the garage door is still up. And I thought, oh, I must have forgot to hit the button. So I hit the button again. I looked down at my phone, look back up. The garage door is still up. Like what? What is going on? So I hit the button again. The garage door goes down a little bit, goes back up. I'm like this can't be happening. I'm already late. I was like, well, I'll hold it down. Sometimes that works when the when it's getting, um, if like the antenna, uh, one time had an issue, and so but I found that if I held the button in, then it will go down. So I'm holding it in. Doesn't work. I'm like it must. There must be something in the way because it's acting like there's something in the way. So I get out. I'm like, there's nothing here. There's nothing in the way. Maybe it's maybe it's the batteries in my in my remote clicker. So I try the manual one, or not the manual one, the one that's actually in the garage. Nope, same thing. I'm like, okay, all right. Must be the sensors. The sensors need to be clean. So I go over, brush away all the any cobwebs, and actually they weren't that dirty. I was like, hmm, this is not looking promising, but I'll try it. So I like dust off the sensors, go back over, hit the button. No. I'm like, oh, this is not good. I can't leave with my garage door open because I have stuff in my garage. And that would be like saying, hey, come take my free stuff. <sighs> so I stood there and I prayed about it for a second. I was like, God, I need this garage door to go down. And I was like, well, it's not going to go down uh, with the with the automatic part that's not working hit the little release lever up there and you can lower it manually and I was like oh that's a good idea so praise Jesus that I own a ladder I mean I could have stood on a chair possibly although it's kind of high I would it would have worked out but I'm thankful that I own a ladder so me and my skirt climbed up the ladder released the little lever got my hands all nasty lowered the door manually went back inside and out the front door and around so, you know, normally I, I get here 30, 40 minutes before the show and I get things all set up. I get things ready. I look at the news. And then, you know, we're we're good to go. Today, 
I just stumbled in moments ago. Wasn't sure if I would even make it in time to to do live today because of all these things. And and then so I finally leave. <laughs> and now I'm already 10 minutes past. By the time I left my house, I was either 10 or 15 minutes past when I would normally already be here in the studio. And you know when you're when you're when you're driving along and there's no reason to pull out in front of me. There there's none. Like in fact it would be safer for you if you waited and, and pulled out behind me, but without fail. Without fail, when you are late, you know there's that one truck that just has to get to the pavement before you do, even though he's incredibly slow. And there's no way that unless you like slam on your brakes He's going to make it out in front of you, but he tries anyway. So yeah, I met that guy this morning. I've met him a couple other times before too. I don't think it was the same person actually. And his, and not only did he pull out in front of me, but his truck is puffing black smoke. The stuff that you drive through and you think you're going to die. And it's probably killing you slowly. You just aren't aware of it at the time. Or maybe you are. <sighs> yeah, and then I got behind that guy. And then, and then... I need to make a left-hand turn. I am green arrow to make a left-hand turn, but a a a pedestrian whom God loves decides that they need to cross the crosswalk at that very moment so that Crystal cannot make the turn without running them over. But my favorite part is when they do this and then these people they look at you like, "Oh, did you want to turn? Oh, let me let me actually walk a little bit slower. <laughs> that was my morning so far. And so I could be I could be agitated or irritated, but I'm really I'm not. I'm just kind of sitting here shaking my head and chuckling and thinking, "Boy, Satan's just really trying to get my goat today, and I'm not going to let him." And that said, if you would like to help me not let Satan win in my morning, and you know anything at all about garage door openers, and would like to assist me in attempting to repair it after work today, I will gladly let you serve Jesus in that way. So if you have any any thoughts, and I know that Google has lots of information, believe me, I looked uh, frantically, I watched YouTube videos, I did all kinds of things in the 20 minutes that I was attempting to fix it this morning. Um, and I will, I will look some more today, but if you have any thoughts, suggestions, ideas, you can let us know. You can reach out to us. You can even email me your garage door fixing suggestions. Just email radio at experienceliberty.com, or you can always call us at 702-647-4522 or tweet me. I'm totally cool if you want to tweet me ideas for fixing my garage door. I am at the Friddle on Twitter. Appreciate you being here today. We are going to have Fox News contributor contributor Todd Starnes. He's going to be on the show today at the bottom of the hour. We're going to be talking about the violence in Milwaukee. Uh, we're also going to be talking about two different men in school settings that uh, have encountered incidents that are similar but different. Uh, but both dealing with issues of faith and prayer. So I'm looking forward to having him here. Uh, He's probably my favorite contributor on Fox News as far as articles. He's the guy 
that anytime you see a Fox News article that has to do with a faith issue, it was, I'd say there's a 95% chance that Todd Starnes wrote it. So I think you will really enjoy having him here. All right, a couple headlines uh, today, this this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday that hopefully your garage door works in. Uh, I saw this one this morning. Just shook my head. U.S. swimmer Ryan Lochte is to have his passport seized by Brazilian authorities over false claims that he was robbed. Okay, so you remember this? This was kind of an issue, I think it was early last week. Ryan Lochte and three other uh, American swimmers claimed that they had been held at gunpoint in a taxi and that their watches and wallets had been stolen uh, in that taxi. Um, But there's closed-circuit television feed of Lochte and... um, I'm not sure if it's just Lochte or Lochte and the other swimmers, but they went back to the Olympic complex after this incident supposedly occurred. And they have to go through the metal detectors, right? So you have to put your wallet keys and everything like that into the little basket so that can go through security separate than you. And after this incident, which they claimed happened in the taxi where they were robbed at gunpoint and their watches and wallets were stolen, well, Lochte puts his watch and wallet into the little basket to go through the metal detector. So the Brazilian authorities are like, "Uh, dude, we're not that stupid. You clearly weren't robbed. We have video evidence that you have the stuff after you say this happens. Well, Lochte and his, uh, I'm not sure if it's his coach or his lawyer. Who is this guy? His attorney. Yeah, okay, so his lawyer said that the robbery definitely happened and that he had to have 24-hour security hired after the incident. I'm not really sure why if you're going to Brazil and you're a famous Olympic swimmer that you wouldn't have 24-hour security to begin with, but that's another topic for another time. So anyway, um, I feel like the Brazilian authorities may have overreacted just a little bit, though, in saying that they are going to seize these guys' passports and not let them leave the country because of this incident. I mean, is it stupid? Yes. Is it wrong? Yes. But seizing their passports? Maybe a little bit harsh. Maybe that punishment doesn't quite fit the crime. But it is thought that the swimmers have already left the country, so they may not be able to seize their passports anyway. I'm sure there is somewhere some some uh, surveillance footage of them going through airport security. Perhaps we can also see if they have their their wallets and things there. All right, from the Associated Press, this headline, this is another head shaker. U.S. flags called liability ordered removed from New York fire trucks. That's an actual headline. American flags are being removed from New York City fire trucks because... Somehow, they are being considered um, a risk. Fire commissioners in upstate New York on Monday ordered a department to take American flags off of its trucks, sparking a heated online debate. You think? The Poughkeepsie Journal reported that the flags were removed Tuesday from the Arlington Fire District trucks in the town of Poughkeepsie. Arlington Fire Commissioner Chairman Jim Beretta said the majority of the board saw the flags as a liability during normal operations for our people and other motorists. 
The flags were recently put up at the request of the union. The journal reported Fire Chief Tory Galanti said he's very disappointed with the order. The newspaper said some, some online commentators were outraged by the decision. Others believed the mounted flags violated U.S. flag code. So, in plain English, the firefighters this in Poughkeepsie said, hey, we want to put American flags on our trucks. And the union said, okay. And then it went to the board, and fire commissioner says, "Well, they're actually they are uh, they're a hazard during normal firefighting operations." Which I could see that you know if you're actually going to fight a fire and and the flag could potentially get in the way somehow or has any chance of obstructing the firefighters' um, ability to perform their their duties, I would much rather have an increased chance of a life being saved than having the flag on the truck, but. If if the flag if the trucks are not being uh, sent to an actual fire or if they are sitting in the station or they're going to an event or something like that, I, I think we could meet meet on some middle ground somewhere, right? We can say, okay, we'll do the flags, but not when the the engines or the trucks are in service for actual uh, fire fighting duty. Wouldn't that be better than just being like, no, no flags. No flags allowed. It'd probably also be better than just saying, oh, they hate us because they won't let us have flags at all. I think we could, we could, we could just meet in the middle. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. Have you heard about this movie? I hadn't heard about it until yesterday. Someone shared a trailer for it on Facebook. Uh, it's been put together by Mel Gibson and Lionsgate, which Lionsgate, obviously they're known for Hunger Games and Divergent, but they also do some really great production of faith-based films, and they did uh, they did Dinesh D'Souza's uh, America, they did Bella, Born to Win, they do uh, Duck Dynasty, Veggie Tales, they did Max Lucado's 316. So anyway, this movie... And undoubtedly, it won't be entirely true to the original story because it is Hollywood and it is a movie. But it is based on a true story. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, it's, it's, the, it's a story of a conscientious collaborator. His name is Desmond Doss, who served in Okinawa during the bloodiest battle of World War II. He saved 75 men. All right, but get this. He did it all without firing or even carrying a gun. No weapon. He went into battle with no weapon whatsoever. He believed that the war was just, but he thought that killing was wrong regardless. He was the only American soldier in World War II to fight on the front lines without a weapon. The only one. He served as an army medic, single-handedly evacuated Dozens of of wounded men, bringing them back from behind enemy lines. He was wounded by a grenade, he was hit by snipers, and he was the first conscientious objector to ever earn the Congressional Medal of Honor. The only American to serve in World War II without carrying or firing a weapon. That's incredible. Anyway, I, I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, well, that looks so good. And, of course, I grew up in a home where my dad, you know, he's a huge history buff. And being homeschooled, we did double duty time with dad-slash-educational-ish history movies uh, fairly regularly. But 
really, I'm more captivated by the story itself than even the idea of the film because I'd never even heard of this guy. He's like the Sergeant York of World War II, but completely different because Sergeant York chose to carry a weapon and, and he used it very effectively. But this guy didn't even take a weapon. The only American soldier not to take any type of weapon into battle. In a kill-or-be-killed situation, he's going to be killed, and he knows that, and he chooses that. That's incredible. So really, I'm, I mostly look forward to it because I just want to learn more about this guy. This is an American hero that I've never heard of. So, Hacksaw Ridge is the movie. I'm sure there's there's got to be a book somewhere. I didn't have time, again, you know, because I was hanging out with my garage door this morning uh, to look it up, but I'm I'm thinking there's got to be a book and I want to find the book so badly now that I have have seen this. But anyway, we are going to have Mr. Todd Starnes, Fox News contributor. He'll be up after this break. Right now we're going to play uh, The Stand from Hillsong. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Hey guys, you're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL LP 101.1 FM. Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas from Liberty Baptist Church. You can also find us over at the405media.com and on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search for The Frittle Show. If you don't have an iPhone, that's okay. You can go to Google Play, download the SoundCloud app, and you can get access to our previous episodes. Today's show will be a podcast. Just a reminder to you, though, if you are listening via the podcast, you will not hear any of today's music or any of our uh, our smaller uh, bumper shows like Redeeming the Time with, Rick's, with Rick Grubbs, excuse me, who we just had on because of copyright issues. You will only hear my voice if you're listening to the podcast, which I know is fantastic, but if you would like the entire Frittle Show experience, then you can stream us live at kvxl101.com. You can stream us at 7 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific. And I need to let you know that today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round, and they can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious, community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use, and you can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. Stay with us. We're going to have Mr. Todd Starnes from Fox News momentarily. Don't go away. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas. We're streaming online at KVXL101.com. We're very blessed today to have uh, Mr. Todd Starnes. You probably have seen Todd on Fox News. He's also heard daily on 500 radio stations. I think it's actually more than 500 now around the nation. He uh, he writes a column over at FoxNews.com. He's the author of, I think, four books now, and uh, he's picked up a whole bunch of awards. Basically, in other words, he's way cooler than I am, and it is a complete honor to have him here with us today. Mr. Starnes, thank you for joining us. Now, Crystal, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I mean, I hear you're pretty popular across the Fruited Plain. Across the Fruited Plain, yes. Yes, all across the Fruited Plain. And honestly, since you mentioned the Fruited Plain, before we get into real issues here, I have to ask you something, because... Currently, I live in Las Vegas, but I'm originally from Pennsylvania. And so I'm basically, I'm from that dichotomy state of the East Coast where we accept both unsweet and sweet tea as enjoyable liquid refreshment. But, you know, now that I'm on the West Coast, 
it's it's not even a topic of discussion out here. I'm not even sure if they know about tea and how life changing it can be. So, I well, know you're because, an expert. Uh, can you give you us? See, that's because yeah. folks west of the Mississippi River, they uh, they basically pull the grass out of their front yard and put it in a blender. <laughs> that's what they drink. <laughs> They really they don't know what they're missing, but uh, anyway. I prefer the uh, yeah I prefer the house. We call sweet tea. We're, I'm originally from Tennessee, and we call sweet tea the house wine of the South. That's right, that's right. And really, if you're reading the proper translation of the Bible, you will see that Jesus turns water into sweet tea at a wedding celebration. Verily, verily. Verily, verily. I tell you the truth. Jesus turned the water into sweet tea. All right. So, uh, real issues, though, because that's what we have you here for. Let's start uh, with Milwaukee. You know, and I, I think everyone agrees that there are real needs, there are real struggles, real issues that need to be addressed in our culture and in many of our cities specifically. But what I struggle with, and I know you had an article about this earlier this week as well, is how we went from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream movement to, uh, you know, to put it bluntly, a criminal with a gun being shot by a cop, and that's somehow injustice, so now I'm going to burn down my neighborhood around me and blame everyone else. I mean, how how have we reached this point? Well, I I suspect we are in the the condition we are as a country because of professional race agitators, Mm. men and women uh, of ill repute who are uh, making profit by fomenting division and uh, and chaos in the streets. This is something that uh, the Obama administration has been doing for, for nearly eight years now. Uh, remember, when President Obama was elected, he was, uh, he was coined as the post-racial president, mm-hmm. and this was going to be the post-racial presidency, when in fact race relations are worse now than that they were uh, back when uh, before he was elected. So I think this is why we are facing the situation we're facing. And the situation in Milwaukee is a very troubling development. It's not unusual, though. We saw this happen in Ferguson, Missouri, and Baltimore, Maryland. Again, what happened in Milwaukee at this point, we're believed, uh, it's believed to have been a legitimate police shooting. You had a convicted felon who had a, who had a gun that was not his, that was loaded, who refused to to follow police orders to drop the weapon. So I I don't really know what this crowd, this mob in Milwaukee is is wanting because the police officer, in my estimation, did the right thing. Yeah, not only did he do the right thing, but we can't even make this a race issue because this was was a black police officer that that shot a black man. So there's not even, we can't even take that route. We're we're just somehow claiming that that this is injustice. Well... You know, it was interesting, Crystal, because early on in the breaking news coverage, that was the issue. We didn't know that, you know, we didn't sure. know what color the police officer was. Sure. So that was the big issue. What color was the police officer? Well, suddenly, when it became known that he was, in fact, a black police officer shooting and killing a black suspect, race magically disappeared. It went away. And so then all the protesters said, well, we're actually fighting and marching for injustices uh, over the over the decades. And uh, for, for me, though, and I pose this question in my column at ToddSterns.com, uh, how do you advance? How does burning down your neighborhood advance your cause? Right. I just want to, you know, I didn't graduate from Harvard with a degree in community organizing, so I'm ignorant about these <laughs> things. I, I just like to know, how is that possible? 
Yeah, it, it, it's really it's it's not. It's a rhetorical question that that, that doesn't advance the cause of anything or, or anyone, and. You know, I think regardless of, of what people might think of, of Mr. Trump as a candidate or whether they support him or not, I think that he made a very good point. Uh, yesterday he gave a speech and he, he basically said, you know, Obama and Hillary have a war against police. And I think especially once we find out or did find out that this officer was a, a black police officer and then, as you mentioned, then it, then the narrative switched, it's it's basically just become a war on cops. And that seems like that's a pretty dangerous place for our country to be. It's a very dangerous place for for us to be, and and we we've seen that played out in so many cities. It's it's um, it's really numbing to think about the idea that people are targeting police officers, men and women who are putting their lives on the line to protect our families. But that's exactly what's happening. And again, I think the Obama administration bears responsibility for creating the environment for this kind of hostility to exist. And you have to go all the way back to the early days of this presidency when he talked about the the Cambridge police officer in Massachusetts, uh, the the cops acting stupidly, Mm -hmm. which led to the infamous uh, beer summit, if you will. So anyway, this uh, this is where we are as a country, and it's a very bad place for us to be. And these types of things, uh, the, the situation happening in um, in Milwaukee, certainly not helping matters much. No, no, it, it isn't. And you know, my next question for you is not directly related to Milwaukee, but I think it's very related to the restoration of our country as a whole, potentially. You know, you've had two articles in the past week about two different men in two different states, but both with very similar stories. You know, one is fired and one is in a disciplinary letter for praying. Tell us about these incidents. Yeah, well, the first one just happened recently in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the principal of an elementary school, they were doing some pre-planning uh, sessions before school started, and the, the principal, uh, a man of Christian faith, uh, gathered with his faculty, and they joined hands and uh, had a had a moment of prayer. And uh, the school district caught wind of this. Apparently, there was video, and they investigated the principal and told him that uh, he was not allowed to do this. He wasn't allowed to engage in this type of religious activity on campus, which is actually not true. There are no federal laws or statutes right. banning the principal from doing this. Uh, I was um, I reached out to First Liberty Institute, one of the best religious liberty law firms in the country, and uh, and they explained that that the, the principal was well within his rights to pray with other faculty. In um, on-school property, uh, nothing, nothing nefarious or sordid there. Uh, the other situation is a bit more disturbing. It involves a an assistant football coach, Joe Kennedy. I write about him at ToddStearns.com as well. Uh, coach Joe uh, had been a, a longtime assistant coach, eight years at Bremerton High School in Washington State, and uh, he had a, a practice of going out to the 50-yard line after the end of every football game and taking a knee and thanking God for the game uh, and for protecting the players. And he'd been doing this for eight years. Someone complained last year, the school district investigated, they told the coach that he was no longer allowed to do that. As a matter of fact, they said he wasn't allowed to do anything that might even give people the perception he was praying, uh, taking a knee, bowing his head, folding his hands. He could not do any of that, Crystal. And so anyway, um, he defied the school district. Uh, He was fired. 
and has now filed a federal lawsuit against the school district there in Bremerton, Washington. And what's amazing to me is until I read your article, I didn't, I was not aware of that story at all. But, you know, at, growing up, my brothers played football. It's it's high school football tradition. It's NFL football tradition. After the game, you'll see Christian players and Christian coaches. They go out to the 50-yard line, they take a knee, and they have a time of prayer. And from for, at least from what I read in your article, it's not like this coach was even encouraging other players to join him. It's not something that was in any way mandatory. It's right. not like he's playing praying in the locker room before a game. It's after the game. It's It's football tradition. Yeah, they weren't having a Billy Graham crusade out there at the 50-yard <laughs> line, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was a quiet moment of meditation. But here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the nugget in this story. There's another coach on the team who happens to be a Buddhist. Mm. And after every football game, the Buddhist coach does a Buddhist chant. Oh, and, and, nobody, <laughs> and nobody has a problem with that. But by golly, the Christian gets out there and says a prayer to the Lord, then all of a sudden it's, you know, righteous indignation 101 here. So and so anyway, that way, it, the lawsuit is a fascinating read. And in this lawsuit, they point that out. And, and I asked that question of the school district. If it's okay for a Buddhist to pray, why can't a Christian pray? They haven't answered my question just yet. Well, it's because... Todd, with with anyone except Christians, it's all about tolerance. It's just Christianity that you have to worry about because, you know, those Christians, they rewrite history and things like this. Crystal, I wrote about that very issue in my last book, God Loves America, and I I talk about how uh, those who preach tolerance and diversity are, in fact, the least tolerant and diverse of all. If, if, If you don't ascribe to their belief system, you are told to be quiet, to go away. Right. They literally wanted to shove this coach into a closet so that he could pray. Imagine if that had been an LGBT student trying to shove an LGBT student back in the closet right. uh, because they don't agree with uh, how they live their lives. It's just simply outrageous. It it really is. And, you know, overall, I think with our country and, and with our schools in particular, since this is the specific topic at the moment, you know, everyone agrees that our school systems and our schools, for the most part, they need help. And when it comes down to it, is there really anyone better that we could ask for help than God? I, even the pagan sailors on the ship with Jonah, they're like, hey, this ship is sinking. I don't care who your God is. Everybody call on whoever that is because we need help. Are, will we reach that point at some point, do you think? Or or is this level of, of intolerance of everything except for what we're supposed to be tolerant of uh, here in America? Are we just going to say, you know what? No, we're just going to keep keep that God out of it, and the rest of you will, will embrace everything that you do. Yeah, I think that we—I think it's going to get worse, and it will especially get worse if Hillary Clinton is elected president. Mm. I think we will see a full-on attack on Christianity in the public marketplace. And we've already seen that, too. To, to a very large extent in the Obama administration. I wrote in God Left America a little story a lot of people never knew about. It was actually reported on by the New York Times, but you had to look for it, and it wasn't that big of a deal with it. But the first decision that the president and the first lady made uh, in the White House, their first Christmas, they wanted to remove the nativity scene from the White House because they felt like it might offend people. Yeah. 
And I thought, so here you are, you have a president, and his first major decision is whether or not to kick the baby Jesus out of the White House <laughs> at Christmas time. I think that sort of shows uh, – it was, it was a wonderful example, though, a horrible example, yeah. but, but an example, nevertheless, of what this administration – how they hold Christianity in such contempt – they really do, and it's a, it's a sad thing, and we need to be in prayer for our country and not be afraid to stand up and speak out and be like uh, Coach Kennedy, um, even to the point, you know, if it, if it needs to go to a lawsuit, and sometimes it does, then we need to not be afraid to take that step. So, uh, Mr. Starnes, thank you so much for being here with us. I know your time is very valuable. We appreciate uh, you and everything you do in, in keeping us up to date on what's happening in the realms of faith around the country. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Crystal. This is a lot of fun. It is fun. And hopefully, you know, I'll try and get, uh, oh, my goodness, I just, my mind just went blank. I can't remember what your assistant's name is. Caleb? Is it Caleb? Yes. Yes, Caleb. I've met Caleb a couple times. Great young man you have working for you there. I will try A great and get, American. Uh, yes, he is. And I'll try to get him to let us have you back sometime soon. Indeed. Would love that. Would love for that to happen. All right. So it's ToddStarns.com. Is there anywhere people can follow you on social media? That's where they can find me. All right. ToddStarns.com. Thank you, Mr. Starns. Hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks, Crystal. You too. God bless. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We are just about out of time. But uh, before I let you go, we're going to hit one more story and then, of course, a song because we end in song. I really, I really appreciate Mr. Starnes. I hope you have a chance to check out his website, toddstarnes.com. Uh, a lot of really fantastic information there. A lot of things that uh, you may not know are going on, but you may be interested to know, particularly uh, if you are a Christian and you're interested in what's happening uh, with other Christians around the country in the realms of, of faith and politics and schools and businesses and different things like that. So you can check it out, toddstarns.com. Okay, so uh, this is a... A terrible headline, but I do want to hit on it for just a minute. I don't want to take a lot of time, but uh, so this is a good time because I don't have a lot of time. But from CBS News, uh, officials are saying that one in four people in Puerto Rico will have Zika by the year's end. And remember now, Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, and they have reported nearly 2,000 new Zika cases in just the past week. Health Secretary Anna Rayus said Friday that there are Nearly 11,000 Zika cases altogether in Puerto Rico, including over 1,000 involving pregnant women. Zika has also been tied to severe birth defects, as you know. Uh, Rius said that 90 people have been hospitalized because of the virus, and officials say that 30 people have been diagnosed with temporary paralysis, known as Guillain-Barre, that has also been linked to Zika. The newest statistics were released a day after the U.S. Surgeon General visited Puerto Rico and said that he expected 25% of people on the island will be infected by Zika by year's end. Now, why would I bring that up? Here's why. Because when I read that headline, this was my thought. You know, Zika is not Ebola. It isn't. People aren't dying violent deaths and being quarantined and, quarantined and things of that nature. But Zika is a terrible disease. And we need to do more to stop it. And it's spreading across uh, the world. And while Ebola was largely relegated to, to Africa, and we really didn't have to worry about that, Zika is very close to home, and it's getting closer all the time. It's in Miami. Uh, we had the first uh, case of someone who was simply a tourist that had gone to Miami, went home, and they were found to have Zika. 
So I just want to encourage you all. I know the summer is coming to an end. Some of you are traveling. Make sure you're using your bug spray when you're outdoors, particularly when you're outdoors where there is, uh, is wood or any type of, uh, of standing water, or even if you're at the ocean at night. Make sure you're using that bug spray and get your dogs, your pets, some anti-flea tick, mosquito stuff. Um, And if you're traveling to an area with any known Zika cases, even if it is here in the United States, I'd highly suggest taking a mosquito net with you. You know, they're not expensive. They're easy to use, and it's worthwhile. And you know what? If you don't need that mosquito net, then after that, you can donate that to, you know, maybe a a church in Miami or a family uh, in Miami or send it to Puerto Rico. But find a way that you can you can help and just make sure that you and your family stay safe uh, in in the light of this health uh, issue that's that's creeping into the U.S. as the summer draws to a close. All right, I'm out of time, but don't worry, I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. If my garage door lets me out, won't be a problem. And again, if you have any tips, suggestions, if you would like to donate your time and energy to helping fix Crystal's garage door, we can make that happen. So, you know, just let me know. We have church tonight, 7 o'clock. If you're in Las Vegas, you can join us at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. If you're not in Las Vegas, you can still join us, just not in person. But you can watch us online. Go to experienceliberty.com, and you can click on our video stream, and you can be part of tonight's services, 7 p.m. We're going to go out today with Steve Green, Embrace the Cross, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.